It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Minute show, to be honest with you. Doesn't matter to me. Cincinnati Bengals coaches are in high demand interviewing elsewhere, and let's get into the Bengals free agency class of 2023. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your Bengals free and available every day on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. So hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the bell for notifications. And if you're listening on an audio platform, you can follow the podcast there to make sure we're delivered to your device every day when we upload our content. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is presented by prize picks prize picks daily fantasy made easy you pick two to six players from other whether they will score more or less in their prize picks projection to win up to 25 times your money get an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars with promo code locked on at prizepicks.com again promo code locked on james we got a bunch of bengals coaches interviewing elsewhere after they have secured damn pitcher for the future with an extension brian callahan taking his second interview in indianapolis as we record this podcast on Wednesday, Lou Anarumo meeting with the Arizona Cardinals, Troy Walters interviewing for an offensive coordinator position with the Houston Texans and losing any of those guys would be a major impact. Even if there are heirs apparent, say it's Dan pitcher for Brian Callahan. I'm not sure who it would be for Lou Anarumo. The ensemble coaching staff for the Bengals is a big deal and a big part of their success. So obviously this is something that bears close watching. I don't think there isn't an heir apparent for Lou. And, you know, it's one thing because it's a matter of when, not if. We said this when we had Lou and Brian on Mm -hmm. midseason. They get head coaching jobs. And especially in this day and age of the offensive mind and everything that happens, uh, you know, offensive-wise – I expect Brian Callahan to get a job. Maybe it's with the Colts or Cardinals, or maybe it's next offseason. But I expect him to get a head coaching job in the near future. And when it comes up, so many people say, oh, well, Dan Pitcher, you know, just slide right in. And I think that's the route they would go. But that still sucks because, yeah, it's continuity and Joe Burrow likes him, but then you need to find a new quarterback's coach, and there's a little bit of a shuffle there. And then there's growing pains for the OC. Now, the benefit is Zach Taylor calls plays, and so maybe it's not as big of a, an impact as it would be for, say, the Bills, right, who, who lose Brian Dable, and now Ken Dorsey's calling plays because they have a defensive-minded head coach in McDermott. So it might not be as big of a deal promoting from within as it was for the Bills, but it still impacts things. Mm-hmm. And as far as Lou goes, I don't know what they would do there. And I'm seeing a lot of people say, oh, well, if they lose Lou, oh, my goodness. And, and I agree, he's really valuable. I, I do think that they would be in an attractive destination, of course, for, for potential defensive coordinators. But it, it's the 
the blessing that, uh, and, and the, really the downside of being good, right? It, it, the blessing is you have a lot of great coaches and a great coaching staff. The downside is, is they're going to be wanted. And I was shocked they weren't in, in higher demand last offseason. And this offseason, it got off to a slow start, and now you look up. And part of this has to do with the Bengals getting eliminated. I think if they win, who knows if Brian Callahan even gets a second interview or an in-person interview. It, it might be strictly, hey, let's take a closer look at him now that he is eliminated and, and could potentially be our guy and, and start formulating a staff and all of those things. Uh, Troy Walters, I like Troy a lot, and I think he's going to be an offensive coordinator and – one more year with him would be cool too, because I think he's had a really big impact on Jamar Chase. I think he's had a big impact on T. Higgins. And certainly playing the position, knowing the ins and outs of the position, he's a perfect guy to coach a, a young, you know, two young star receivers, like now 24-year-old T. Higgins and 22-year-old Jamar Chase. So one more year of Troy Walters would be nice as well. But um at the same time, you can't you can't root against these guys for, for moving yeah. on up. We all want to move up, so we'll see what happens. Where do you want to go, James? Oh, I mean, as far as locked on Bengals, we're the number one Bengals podcast, so there is no moving up. I don't know where, what you were talking about. Where, where are we number moving one, up? Number one, baby. <laughs> it, it, it ain't nowhere to move up, but that, we that was maintain, my the, maintain the number one spot, and uh, hopefully our listeners allow us to do that this offseason. Yeah. We do appreciate our listeners for that. Look, the the upside, like you mentioned, having your offensively minded head coach means that you should be able to stay consistent on offense. You have to find guys that are going to replace the way Callahan works with Joe Burrow, the way that Callahan works with with Zach Taylor. You have to backfill, of course, and they will. On the defensive side of the ball and even on the offensive side of the ball, my impression of this Bengals coaching staff is that it truly is an ensemble cast. Like all of these guys are contributing at a high level, not just doing, you know, whatever their positional coach job is like not only working with receivers, also working on red zone game planning or what have you working on third down situations, whatever it is. Right. Frank Pollock, obviously doing a lot with the run game in, in his role as the offensive line coach and, and run game coordinator. So, there is a lot of that where, you know, you hope some of these assistants can just help pick things up. And then you need the leadership to tie it all together on either side of the ball. And, and that's what you would have to be looking for if either of these guys gets a job. It's not clear whether they will. Callahan, seems like there's some smoke there in particular with Brian Callahan to Indy with the second interview, one of just a few candidates. And uh, th there are obviously some others that the Colts are looking at, but only two jobs still open, right? And it's the two that the Bengals have coordinators interviewing for. Yep. Uh, both today, Wednesday, as we record this, and Thursday, as you might be listening to this. Yeah, Brian, be a good fit, right? He'd be a good, I think he fits anywhere now. As, as far as that Colts job, who the heck knows what Jim Irsay is thinking, yeah. right? He's, he's pie in the sky, no idea. You know, I think they have a, a smart GM that probably loves Brian and is pushing for him, and I think Jim Irsay has his own agenda, so you never know. Uh, what, what the case would be there, but uh, I well, think he's a real, real contender. Shane, is it Steichen, Steichen, the the Colts, uh, not the Colts, the Eagles' offensive coordinator who calls the plays for the Eagles, also interviewing for that job, second interview for that job. Jeff Saturday, obviously, still in the mix, and Raheem Morris, right? Those are the four that I've seen mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and, and Chris Ballard, 
I think he would make a pretty good decision, but I, I don't know. And, and by the way, here's the other part is you have a loose candidate owner and mm-hmm. Ballard could be out after one more year. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a very real possibility, I think, in Indy. But I don't think Brian is in the level of saying no to a job yet. Like, you know, there, there are certain guys that, that, you know, would say that, like, eh, I'll wait. I think he would take it. And so, and I wouldn't blame him, right? There's 32 of them. But, Very hard to turn down that first head coaching opportunity. But we'll see. I, I think he's he's been around the league long enough, so we'll see there. I actually, this might be a take. I think the Colts or the, the Cardinals job might be better. Yeah. As, as wild as that sounds. I, Maybe. And I, I, just because at least the owner isn't that. <laughs> I mean, both teams are a mess. Yeah. More or less, I would say. You have a pretty good quarterback, I think, in Arizona. He's weird, yeah. though. Odd dude. But, but like the rest of that, Ross, anyway, doesn't, doesn't matter. Not really too much of our concern unless one of these coaches leaves, and we'll keep an eye on that and, and keep an eye on what the Bengals are going to do if one of and, those departures were to occur. And if those departures occur, any of them, well, guess what, Jake? What? That could impact free agency. That could impact who comes back. And so on the Bengals? Absolutely. Where the coaches are part of the front office? What do you mean? If Lou Anarumo goes to Arizona, you don't think Eli Apple would love to land in Phoenix? We'll discuss Eli Apple and the rest of the Bengals free agents. Coming up next, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and every Super Bowl party needs FanDuel in their lives. We're really excited about partnering with FanDuel here at Locked On Bengals, and you can download FanDuel now, and you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back at bonus bets. That's $3,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win with their no sweat first bet, they let you bet on uh, everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Bengals have a number of pretty high-profile free agents this year. Starting with, of course, the safeties. Jesse Bates and Von Bell. You could talk about Eli Apple in that group as well. Jermaine Pratt, certainly glowing up in his own way, demanding to play third downs. We'll see where that is. I think that Samaj P. Ryan, Eli Apple, Trey Flowers, also some some interesting names that are free agents for the Bengals, but obviously that the biggest decisions have kind of been made. The biggest name is Jesse Bates, who what do you think? There's like two two three percent shot that Jesse Bates is back if a market doesn't materialize for him? I uh, 
I said 1% on CBT. Sure. I, I, I mean, those I aren't too it, different. <laughs> no, well, twice as much, but yeah, they're still super low. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, uh, that's just because they've had two years to do this. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get it done in two years, has, has anything Jesse Bates done this season? Did anything he do or anything that he's done in, in 2022, did that wow the Bengals enough to, to bend on their number? Okay. Well, if they're not changing their mind, does Jesse Bates have any reason to change his mind? And I think you're right. The only path would be he hits the market and nothing is there even close to what he was expecting. And he's like, oh, well, I could get maybe the same money from the Bengals. I just don't think that's very likely. And it just feels like from a business standpoint that Jesse Bates is out of here. Especially with his agent being who he is, the the guarantees that Jesse Bates is going to be seeking, talking about, you know, he can't leave $10 million on the table at this point in his life. And I get that. I do. Can can I run a theory by you about Bates? Sure. Since we both agree 1%. His agent, you mentioned him, David Mulligetta. Mm-hmm. He's he's Deshaun Watson's agent. And T. Higgins' the, agent. The Well, yeah, but thank goodness T. Higgins is under contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deshaun Watson is on what team? The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are on the hunt for what right now? Help on defense. They fired their defensive coordinator. I'm not sure if they've hired one yet. I don't know. I know they're going to have cap space. There's a relationship there already. Would not shock me at all if the Browns are in on Jesse Bates in, in a month and on him at the combine, right? Mm-hmm. And, and already talking to Mulligetta about that because they have an in. They've negotiated with him in the past. That's how these relationships work. So I, I would not, that would not shock me if, if that's the case and the Browns are a suitor for Jesse Bates and free agency. I couldn't imagine being Jesse Bates. And watching the Bengals come all this way with Joe Burrow and the character in that locker room and observing the Browns as a division rival. And we've seen this happen before, so clearly it happens. But going from the Bengals to the Browns, given their recent history. I mean, we've seen. We've seen it for sure, but it doesn't sound great to me. I'm just saying that he got a he got a fully guaranteed deal for Watson from the Browns. I know, you know. So could, could they get him? Could they get Jesse Bates that 18 mil? Still close to Fort Wayne. It's not super far. I'm just just throwing it out there. I'm going to be very interested to see what kind of market emerges on Jesse Bates. I I think he's a really good player, but again, we we haven't seen those accolades that teams pay for. You know, he's not getting those votes. Von Bell got more all-pro votes, I believe, than Jesse Bates this year. So maybe that's a a good segue to Von Bell. Uh, But it's going to be interesting to watch Jesse Bates' market. And and that's that's it. I I still think he's a really good player. He he certainly could get paid like one of the top safeties in the league. But I'm going to be watching that one. And it's going to be interesting. Von Bell, more likely to return. I think Dax Hill is, you know, versatile, but he's your Jesse Bates replacement. And Von Bell, uh, a big leader in this locker room, a very smart player, understands what the defense is trying to do. I think that they would prioritize getting Von Bell back. Shouldn't break the bank the way Jesse Bates would, but probably is due at least some amount of a raise. What do you think, James? I, I feel like Von Bell's probably back. 
Especially if Lou Anarumo is still the defensive coordinator. Probably. I I don't. I think it's 50-50. I think this mm-hmm. one's very much in the air. And it's in the air because of that, that what you said there. I think he's going to want to test free agency. His market wasn't what he hoped that it would be in 2020. Ends up signing a three-year deal, $18 million with the Bengals. I think he's going to want like three years, $30 million. Hmm. And do the Bengals – and I – Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe he's willing to sign for less. I don't know. But if that's the number, I think the Bengals say, eh, and they move on. And we'll see. Does he get that? Does he hit the market? I think he will hit the market. I think he'll test it and, and see what's out there. Uh, this is his last true deal. This will be his, his, what, yeah, third contract. This is his last prime years. So you yeah. want to get as much money as you can, and I understand that. So we'll see here with Von Bell. The the Bengals, I don't think they would go much higher than, you know, seven per. You know, maybe you do 321, something like that. Is is Von willing to take that? Mm-hmm. Is, is Does he want four for 35? I don't know. I don't know what the case is, but I, I think – if I had to say it's 50-50 and it's really dependent on how quick a team tries to swoop in and take Vaughn in free agency, which is, to your point and, and to what I was saying at the end of uh, last segment, if Lou Anarumo lands a head coaching job, let's say he is in Arizona, what better way to to clean up that culture than to bring in a guy like Vaughn Bell, who, who's going to be a leader in the clubhouse and you could pair him with Buda Baker potentially. And I, I don't know who else the Cardinals have at safety, but I'm just spitballing here. That's something that you would certainly, uh, certainly be open to if you're Lou. Yeah. If the market, if he, if he's looking for 10, then I, I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to play in that sandbox. I don't think that they would be wise to play in that sandbox to be honest. Uh, but if don't it's you like think he should be looking for 10, don't you think he should yeah. be trying to? I mean, I think he should be looking range. for as much as he can get. I think that his play isn't significantly different than it was with the Saints. So, uh, you know, should he get much more than he did in the last deal? Cap's much different. You know, different. everything's but but that's why I'm saying, like, you know, seven and seven to eight. Yeah, it, it's his deal is. It's interesting because I could see him getting six again. I could see him getting 10 from some team, you know, and he's a culture setter. Heck, CJ Uzama got 24. Three yeah, for tight 23. ends are weird, though. Tight end market was weird last year. It was, sure. Always weird, to be honest. He's, it's not, I, we'll get to Hayden. We'll get to Hayden because I think yeah, the tight end market's much different this year. But yeah, Von Bell, it's, it's interesting. I think in an ideal world, they would have him back. Mm hmm. But I think that there is at least some thought within that locker room that he's going to get more elsewhere. We'll see. If he, if, if he gets a $10 million a year offer, I think he's gone. So. Will he you get can it? See, yeah. You, you can see both safeties going. You have Dax Hill. You need to replace another safety then. So do the Bengals want to deal with onboarding another safety where the safeties really are you know, understanding this defense, maybe not the easiest thing, but I don't know. It also depends on what's going on with Lou. One more defensive guy, James, is Jermaine Pratt, who I put in the oh. Jesse Bates territory of, of returning. I, I don't see it as very likely. I, I was on 
multiple shows on Wednesday morning and both asked, did his outburst after the game impact his future in Cincinnati? And it won. It didn't. He was right. <laughs> he, he was right to be frustrated because Joseph Osai made a mistake. <laughs> like no one wants to say that, but it's true. And you feel bad for Joseph, but it's true. Now, should he have said it? No. Is it being a good teammate? No. But I'm sure plenty of guys thought that. What the hell are you doing hitting the quarterback? That said, no. You know what's going to cost him is he thinks he's a three-down linebacker in, in, or cost the Bengals or however you want to say it. The Bengals view him as a two-and-a-quarter-down linebacker. <laughs> and he's tweeted it. He's made his feelings felt. So he's going to want to go get paid and used that way. And I don't think the Bengals are going to want to pay him what he thinks he's worth. And so – I agree with you. I think that the the writing's on the wall, that Jermaine Pratt probably played his last down as a member of the Bengals. Seems likely to me. A few more guys we should talk about, including Hayden Hurst, Eli Apple, Samaj P. Ryan. We'll finish up the defense and then get to those offensive guys to finish up the show coming up next. But first, a word from Prize Picks. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks because Prize Picks is daily fantasy the way it should be. What you do is you pick two to six players, and if they were, will score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry, no competing against other people. It's you versus the projections available. And it's not just NFL, it's NBA, it's MLB with spring training kicking off here soon. It's college basketball, both men's and women's, it's WNBA, it's esports, it's MMA, it's so much more in one spot, prize pick. So check them out right now at prizepicks.com or download the prize picks app and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and right now with promo code locked on, you're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, again, with promo code locked on. Don't forget to use promo code locked on for an instant deposit match up to $100. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Eli Apple, Trey Flowers, the only other really significant playing time defensive free agents for the Bengals this year. Just looking at number of snaps played, Eli Apple obviously out there most of the time, about 90% of the snaps played. Trey Flowers, 16.5% of the snaps played on this Bengals defense. We've talked about the other big names. Eli Apple is certainly the, the bigger name here if they don't have a good feel for Chidobe Abuzier's return, if they don't have a good feel for what they're doing for cornerback depth where really they have Cam Taylor, Britt, Mike Hilton, and question marks on the roster right now. That's a world where Eli Apple returns to the Bengals, a world where his market doesn't materialize again and a world where they feel that they can continue to live with everything that happens with Eli Apple off the field as he is on the field for the most part, like an average starting NFL cornerback roughly at this point in his he's career. Been, he's been okay. Uh, I think the distraction part of it is really interesting because I don't foresee him getting a long-term deal from anybody. Even though he's 27, even though I think he's reestablished himself as a, a capable corner in this league after kind of being left for 
for dead from an NFL standpoint a few years ago. And Louie Anarumo bringing him here to Cincinnati, resurrecting his career. Is it worth all the antics? And just the stuff that we see on the surface, all the tweets, all the back and forth, all of the it's, – it's now another year. To Eli's credit, at least he's consistent with it. And he, he's just being himself, and that's what he does. At the same time, man, I, I think it, it cost him last offseason when he had a pretty good year and, and was a big part of them making that run to the Super Bowl. And he was a big part of this team. And yet, when you think of Eli Apple, you don't think about his play on the field. You think about tweets and Cancun on three. And, and some of it's funny, but how do NFL teams view it? And then how do the Bengals view it? I think that whole hit free agency will be able to test his market. If a team comes calling with a multi-year deal, I think he's gone. But is there a scenario where the Bengals look up? It's a week into free agency and they say, all right, Eli, we'll give you that same deal we offered you last year. One year, a uh, million plus guaranteed, I believe, $3.75 million overall. I think they might be willing to do that, but that's probably it. So mm-hmm. I would lean towards him being gone, but I, I think there's a scenario where he comes back. If I had to give a percentage, I'd say like 30%. Here's the thing. Von Bell, 1,000 snaps. Jesse Bates, 1,000 snaps. Eli Apple, 908 snaps. Jermaine Pratt, 722 snaps. There's some obvious replacements for some of those. Dax Hill being a full-time safety. Maybe it's Akeem Davis-Gaither and Marcus Bailey filling the job of Jermaine Pratt if he goes elsewhere. Eli Apple could be Cam Taylor-Britt if Cheeto's healthy and, and another corner that they potentially could add in the draft. Wouldn't surprise me to see them pick a corner early this year. It's just a lot to replace on the defensive side of the ball if none of these guys come back. What would you say? Would you say like 80% at least one of these guys is back? Yeah, because what are the odds that Vaughn gets his doors blown off by an offer and Eli gets a multi-year deal and Pratt gets exactly what he wants? I think two of the three likely happen. And the most likely is, is Vaughn Bell because I think they're willing to pay Vaughn Bell as close to what he's hoping for as any of these guys. I think Eli's hoping for a multi-year deal and the Bengals would just say, no, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Pratt thinks he's this three-down linebacker and the Bengals are like, well, you're not. And whether that's fair or not, and and by the way, they're probably going to try to extend Logan Wilson, I would think, as well this offseason. So that's where the linebacker money goes. But I think they do get one. And I guess that would be Von Bell if if you had to, to put money on it. But he's going to test the market and... Funny money happens when, when, when free agency hits. And, mm-hmm. and who knows? I mentioned Bates to the, the Browns. Who knows, right? All these safety need, needy teams, they may say they may pivot and make Von Bell the bell of the ball and, and go get him instead of, you know, big, big fish hunting. You never know. You're right about that. On the offensive side of the ball, it's really a couple of guys that are unrestricted free agents that could command significant chunks of the salary cap if they were to be retained by the Bengals. And that's Hayden Hurst and Samaj P. Ryan. Not to disrespect, mm-hmm. you know, Trent Williams and Travion, or sorry, Trent Taylor and Travion you Williams. You wish Trent Williams. You wish. I do. And, uh, you know, Max Still Sharpie. be playing. Still be playing if it was Trent Williams. Go ahead. All these guys could be back, could not. I, I don't expect Sharping back necessarily but you know Travion Williams could be back for sure on a similar small deal but 
Hayden Hurst, Samaj P. Ryan, the, the two big questions to me. They yeah. will need a tight end. And Samaj P. Ryan is one of the best pass-protecting running backs in the league. They trusted him a ton. You can see it with how much he played in the AFC Championship game. I think they value him pretty highly. And a conversation we're going to have to have is around Joe Mixon, especially if they do bring back Samaje. So Hayden Hurst, a, a big contributor, played about half the Bengals snaps this year, had some injuries that he dealt with, going to be 30. They need a tight end, though. The question is, do they think that they can get it elsewhere, or is it let's get Hayden again if we can and try to buy ourselves some time as they've kind of had a revolving door at tight end Yeah, a little bit they have. They have. It's it's a big – it's like the opposite of last year. I think there's a lot of tight ends in this draft class that, that these teams are going to like. And it's not like the opposite last year where it's like, hey, you better get a tight end in free agency. And it was like musical chairs, and Aiden sort of fell into the Bengals' lap, and he wasn't their first choice necessarily or their second choice. And you get him on a one-year deal, and I love the value at the time. It worked out. Aiden Hurst is a really good player this year. If you can bring him back for a reasonable contract – I say do it, but he signed a one-year, $3.5 million deal in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow for a reason, to cash in this offseason. He is 30. He is, you know, he had that whole baseball career beforehand, and, and he was old coming into the league, and so now he's got to get paid now. If he's going to, and I get to get first-round money, but if he's going to get paid, paid, this is the year to do it. And so I don't think he's taking any discounts. So what is his market? And how high are you willing to go? I wouldn't go too high. I wouldn't. I think that there are a lot of guys that maybe not bring the energy the, the way Hayden did this year. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get the crop tops and the hair and the flexing after the first downs. But I think there are a lot of tight ends that could bring you most of what he brought, even though it was a lot and, and it was fun to watch. And that said, if he's – wants to stay in Cincinnati for a reasonable amount. I think the Bengals would love to have him back and they'll still probably draft a tight end, but they could also find a, a replacement elsewhere and draft a tight end if they need to. And uh, I think that they'll probably more than likely go that route. If he, he, he does sign elsewhere. It's not like it's a great tight end class for free agency this year. It's not terribly deep, but guys like uh, Foster Moreau and Irv Smith are free agents and, Irv Smith coming off a big injury, obviously, but like the the efficiency for those guys, not terribly different from the efficiency of Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst wasn't this big explosive weapon for this offense. He was a reliable receiver. He was good when they needed first downs. And he was he was like an okay blocker. Wouldn't say that he was incredible or anything like that. But I'm not shelling out big dollars for Hayden Hurst, which maybe, I mean, we just, you, you just said it too. I, I would yeah. just look elsewhere. He, he's just, he's a solid player. 25 first downs this year. That's, that's, would you what do two? Well, but would you do two years, 12 million? Sure. Okay. I would have to look at that actually because, so here's the thing this is where we need to go at some point here in the near future is, Despite them having the fourth most cap space in the NFL, I think that their cap situation is trickier than you might think. And their cash situation is trickier than you might mm. think, especially if they continue to do business the way they've done business. Because they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow like $70 million. This is a good tease for if, tomorrow, baby. If they, they put this extension together this year. 
Like how big of a signing mm-hmm. bonus are we talking about for Joe Burrow? 40, 50, plus a salary, plus any roster bonus that they try to do, right? They're going to try to extend T. Higgins. You're talking about potentially another 10, 15, 20 million dollar signing bonus there, depending on how big that contract is. So they have a lot of cash expenses coming up here. And that's going to probably pretty quickly eat into some of this cap. And if you want them to go sign anybody new, like to su- supplement what they've got in the trenches on defense, for example, go find a pass rusher somewhere. They have to sign people, new people. Right. New players. They have like they have to. They're not good enough. We just saw it. So, so that being the requirement, managing the cap gets a little bit trickier than it maybe looks oh, when you think, oh, they have the fourth most cap space in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's never it's never as deep, or it's always deeper, I should say, than those initial numbers. Those initial numbers on the salary cap are pretty meaningless. So we'll we'll have to dive into that as well. I, I do think though that there's a conversation around Joe Mixon to be had. Samaje Piran fits into that. What kind of offense do they want to be? Can you continue to have such a big cap hit on your team, be a guy that only took like 30% of your snaps in the AFC championship game? Let's uh, do that tomorrow. That's, that's a hard that's question. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Don't give it away too much. Yeah. So, so some more to talk about there when we're looking at this offseason ahead. And uh, you know what we didn't get to today, James, is like which of these guys do you think is the most important for them to prioritize? So we can we can talk a little bit about that too. Yeah. In terms we can. of who who should they bring back if they had to pick some guys? Because I don't know None if of them. these guys are gonna None be, of them. be back. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Cool. Uh, no, I, I think I but honestly, I think most of them are gone. Yeah. Seems that way. Mm-hmm. But not all of them. I think no. we'll be surprised. We'll 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 see what happens there. But there's gonna be a prioritization on extension to some of these first year rookie contracts and that's Logan Wilson, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, obviously. And so what a draft be, class. Yeah, that worked out. The, those are your first three picks. Holy God. <laughs> They're all going to get a bunch of money. Anyway, we'll talk and, some more about and this. And they didn't have to trade up to get any of them. They were yeah. just there. That happens when you pick first overall. Stupid NFL. <laughs> Letting those guys fall. T. Yeah, Higgins T. falling. Logan Wilson time. falling. <laughs> Logan Wilson, I understood. Sure, but not now. He's turned out very good. He's, he's a mm-hmm. very good NFL player. We'll, we'll talk some more about this stuff. Joe Mixon, the salary cap, Joe Burrow extension. And if we get news on any of these coaches, we'll talk about that as well to finish up this week as we shift gears to the offseason. Senior Bowl is going on too, James. In the near future, we're going to have to have a draft primer episode, talk about the Senior Bowl a little bit. If you're ready for that, go check out Locked on NFL Draft where they are talking about the Senior Bowl. We've got six or seven or eight guys on the network down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl right now. So they'll have you covered with everything going on down there. So until next time, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.